Panoply, Panorama, Panpipe, Pansy, Aha, Pansexual, Knowing No Boundaries of Sex or Gender. Sound interesting? Then join Sally on Sundays at noon for Out of the Pan. All those gender questions making you think too hard? Whether it's transgender, bisexual, polyamorous or beyond, we'll throw those questions into the pan and cook up the answers for you. So go on, push that gender envelope only on 3CR 855 AM digital and 3cr.org.au.
3CR, 855am, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally, first broadcasting noon till one, every Sunday afternoon. Thanks for your company. 3CR proudly broadcasts from the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation and pay respects to Elders, past, present and emerging. And hello to any Aboriginal and or Torres Strait Islander peoples tuning in from wherever you may be in any Indigenous and First Nations peoples all over the planet. And if you're on another planet, if you can get in touch with us, um, you know, I'd love to, love to find out how you do that. Um, it would be a great advance for community radio. Out of the Pan is a show covering pansexual issues, knowing no boundaries of sex, gender, um, although today there's a bit of a rock emphasis, so I'm not sure about the genre. And um, we opened up with Mia Dyson from her Parking Lots album, Roll Me Out. I'll tell you why we played Mia in a second. There's lots of ways to get in touch with the show. You can email outofthepan855 at gmail.com. You can hit the SMS button, um, which you can do on 61456. I had a memory blank. No, it wouldn't work for memory just when I wanted to. 751215, that number again, 61456, 751215. You can tweet at Sal Gold said so, and that's the bottom line. Or look for posts on Facebook, my page, Sally Goldner AM and Out of the Pan 3CR 855 AM Melbourne. And remember, any opinions on the program are my own. And I don't think it would be needed today, but um, if you do need to contact Switchboard, they're there on 1800 184527 and for queer family violence, 1800 542 847, the With Respect line. Well, opened up with Mia Dyson, um, who's a powerful woman, which is always good. Um, and, um, but I don't know if she, I don't know if I'd call her wicked, but well, there's a wonderful, um, project at the moment, the Wicked Women series. And to talk all about it, I have two people on the line with me and, um, Kate and Oliver, and I'll get people to introduce themselves. And if you're comfortable to do so and want to, your pronouns used, if any, Kate, welcome to you. Hi, thanks for having us on the show, Sally. So, um, my name's Kate LaFoe, my pronouns are she, her. I'm the creator and director of the Wicked Women series. And I think I've got a technical hitch coming here. So bear with me one second. I'll just keep talking and try to cover it up. But I don't think I've got... Ah, I know why. Um, I think we've now fixed that. Um, Oliver, I'll get you to introduce yourself. Oh, my name's Oliver Ross. I use he, him pronouns, and I'm part of the Wicked Women writing team. Right. And Kate, um, I'm going to just get you to do that again in your your own words. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah, certainly. So, hi, I'm Kate LaFoe. Thanks for having me on the show. Um, My pronouns are she, her, and I'm the creator and the director of the Wicked Women series. Excellent. Well, that leads to the inevitable question, what is the Wicked Women series? If both of you want to just dive in, um, um, tell us, tell tell our listeners a little about what it is, how it came about, the whole, the, the, the Wicked Women story. 
Certainly. So um, the Wicked Women series um, is all about Australia's first lesbian erotica magazine and the love story that started it all. So it's based on a true story of um, Lisa and Francine, who later transitions to Jasper. And they're really um, LGBTIQ pioneers, and they mm-hmm. created a cultural movement in their fight for sexual liberation and gender expression. So ours is a drama based on these two real-life people, and it follows 19-year-old Lisa, who moves to Sydney in the late 1980s with a burning desire to express herself. And she falls hard for her flatmate, Francine, and their shared interest in kink leads them to publishing Australia's first lesbian erotica magazine. But giving female sexuality and expression comes at a price, and these two pioneers really struggle not to lose their personal truth amidst the fantasy. Wow, there's there's a lot there that I could unpack right off the bat. Um, so many, so many angles. Um, Oliver, do you just want to, if you've got any thoughts on fleshing that out a bit further, and then we'll start try, um, giving it a shot and unpacking all the angles. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of angles within that. I think a lot of it is really a story about storytellers and using a medium that they use to really find their community and really put another layer of that in our contemporary time. I think there's such a culture of autobiography and biography within the queer and trans community, so it's really exciting to look back on that. You well, you've you've added more angles and touched on one, which is great. We love angles. We love diverse angles on this show. Um, we're non-binary when it comes to angles, and doesn't have to be one or the other. Lots of them. Um, I, I love the way that it's a story about a story. That's really great. But I suppose that was one of the first things when Kate was you were speaking. You know, sometimes when I used to last year when I used to drive with colleagues up the country to do my work, and we'd have three hours to try and solve a few of the worlds and the queer communities challenges we often talked about what is queer culture well telling our early stories and also i love that we are honoring our um pioneers um um is there a lesbian is daikons um call um and and transcons i think that is just awesome for start with i mean let's just talk a little more about that angle first that you know you know making sure that we document the positive parts of our history we know we've had challenges that are valid but here's some people who really broke ground. Tell us a little about that angle. Whoever wants to go. <laughs> I think with myself, I'm um, coming in the generation after Wicked Women and the people within it. It's really exciting to look back on that, both within the story and also um, talking with the creators of, the, of that. So talking to Jasper, talking to Lisa, and also seeing all of their writing that's been archived. It's just been so fantastic to really get an insight into that culture and get to share that. That's a good point. We've got another angle. I think we've got a theme for the show today. The, what is it? Today's word of the day is angles. Um, there's a good one. There's some intergenerational learning going on because sometimes, you know, um, younger um, queer people coming out today may not have heard stories, things. I have to say when I did a training session one day at a very, you know, good workplace, um, I told my personal story and a younger non-binary person in the room said, I've never heard an older trans woman's story, thank you, which I found a bit surprising, but then well, maybe it wasn't. So this is another angle that we've got this intergenerational learning that we pass down our history, that we remember and honour it, but don't also have to be in any way limited by negatives that you're telling a very positive story. Kate, any any thoughts from you? Yeah, I think um, uh, along that theme, um, it has been really encouraging to connect with different parts of the community um, uh, from my perspective. So 
you know, uh, in researching this, I've spent a lot of time with Lisa and Jasper, and I've also interviewed their um, old friends and lovers, and who are a lot of, um, you know, queer people in their um, 50s now, which is, um, you know, uh, different to my generation. And that's kind of really allowed me to connect with other people in the community that I don't feel that I would have had the opportunity mm. to otherwise. Um, and also, I mean, it was also part of the um, impetus, I guess, for creating this series is that um, I was at the Australian Gay and Lesbian Archives and um, Nick Henderson had laid out all of the amazing Wicked Women magazines and Lisa's art journals were there. And I saw all of these and and I was kind of like, oh, who are these amazing people and why haven't I heard this story before? And then the deeper I dug um, into their history and got to know them and found out more about them, the more incredible I realised the story was and that, you know, it could, I think it would be really empowering for a younger generation to watch it, but also empowering to celebrate, celebrate these people and the work that they did for our community. Um, big yes chants, um, or silent yes chants, a la um, Daniel Bryan, World Wrestling Entertainment star, who does yes chants. I'm here in the studio. Yes, celebrate um, what we've done. We don't tell these stories. I mean, a few, is it two or three years ago nearly now, we had the biopic dramatization of Mar the first Mardi Gras, which was, you know, challenging and it's a mix of both, but here is something that um you know is a story that wasn't going to be told. And one of the other angles that leapt to mind in to, in line with today's theme is that we are talking lesbian erotica and a lot of times like so many things, whether and I'll be fair and say whether intentional or not, kink and BDSM and erotica can be dominated in a lot of our early Rainbow Media was dominated by a cisgender gay male approach. Um, so here we have lesbian erotica, and I'm going to add more to that in a minute. Um, there's something, and I'd love both your comments on that. Yeah, I think we um, we certainly don't see and hear enough about um, themes of lesbian erotica and BDSM in the community, um, and also um, the same for trans people as mm. well. And I feel that those stories aren't told as much. So Riot... Um, is, is great and really, you know, tells an important mm. part of our history. But, you know, it was very much led by uh, white cis men and, you know, it's kind of not giving us the breadth of our history um, yeah. in, the same, in the same way that this series will, you know. Well, yeah, look, I think Riot, I mean, I've spoken to some original 78ers and they said, yes, it was based more around one person, but it was reasonable. But, yes, there were those limitations. There was, well, a, t a term that nowadays would be, largely inappropriate for trans people and no mention of bisexuality either um and i've i've had a i'm just going to digress i had a 78 to tell me once there were no bisexuals at the first mardi gras and <laughs> when i put de-identified that comment on facebook i had five people in my own feed say yes i i was there i was there i was there and i'm bi pan whatever and someone else said yes i know of someone else who was there and on it went so i think this is really good that we're telling that and oliver the other angle um there's that word again, that I wanted to bring in, which I'm, you know, is just huge, is that this is a story of love between a lesbian and a, tra a trans person. And I think that's mm. really awesome, another awesome chant as well, um, that we've got this um, sense of, well, you know, togetherness, community, intersectionality from both, I'll say, personally and professionally. Tell me, I mean, in your own words, what that means for you. Absolutely. And it's been so interesting looking at I guess both looking at their relationship in their identities, but also the, their role as cur curators as well. Mm -hmm. So as a trans guy, I think even now 
I'm still trying to rework how I frame myself within conversations about misogyny and feminism mm. when past experiences and identity don't necessarily match up. So I think it's been yeah really interesting to see how someone's role and how someone's identity changes as they work, particularly um, standing as a cre- curator within the community and really sharing stories from within it, how that works when you're no longer within that community. Well, you, you've t- you, again... Um... I'd better stop saying. We'll say there's more things that come out of that um, because I think the one thing is that trans men, even sadly today, I still feel don't have um, equal and positive visibility. We hear so many debates about trans women, often, of course, many false, often sad. You know, two days ago at the time of this broadcast, Trans Day of Remembrance, and we hear the hugely disproportionate loss of trans women of colour. But and that needs to be mentioned. But, you know, we don't hear about trans men. And I also like to go further. This is a really important issue that trans men may not have had good, in simple terms, in, I'll say inverted commas, rabbit ears, male role models. And this can be a struggle for some. I've seen, for, in my opinion, for some trans men, maybe it's not for me as a trans woman to comment, but I think that the level of misogynism and toxic masculinity in our world, and at times in our I'll say LGBTIQA plus communities can be an issue. Um, again, how for you, I'll say both personally, if you want to, and professionally, so to speak, in relation to the Wicked Women series, has um, have your thoughts um, evolved on that? Mm. I think it's been really looking at the story too for um, with Jasper in, in his initial writing um, while identifying as Francine, he was in quite a public role at the time. Both of both he and Jasper, he and Lisa were in highly public roles within the community, mm. and but they're not having that um, same representation and awareness himself. Yeah. And then, yeah, I think it's been really interesting to see such a, a private and often often private and deeply personal part of someone's life that's really on show. Yeah, there's actually something that I did want to touch on. I mean, all the um, promotion for the film and the story does mention a previous name. Now, I just want to be really express about that. I mean, uh, I could probably guess, but I just want, want to work through that because the general default setting is perhaps not to mention someone's, you know, um, pre- previous any previous name or names. So how does that work out in this setting that, you know, clearly it is happening? Mm. Yeah, that's a good um, question and certainly something that we've continued to um, talk about and discuss. Um, it has been Jasper's preference that Francine be included in our publicity material mm-hmm. um, as he feels that, you know, it was Francine who started the magazine and um, for him he is an older generation and isn't he wasn't aware of the term um, dead naming yep. um, before we raised it because we, um, we had concerns about using it in the public space. Um, but, uh, you know, it's important to honour the individual's choice and it was Jasper's um, at the end of the day and that's um, what Jasper asked us to do in order to honour both Francine um, and uh, at Francine and Jasper's role. And so we try and use things like all names used at the preference of subjects um, in our um, uh, communication and also Oliver... Um, you know, uh, has also done some research in the community as well to discuss to discuss the issue. Um, hit the bullseye there, absolutely. It's the up to the person in question. It's their sense of ownership of their life and their 
names used past and present, their sense of identity, absolutely. Um, great, ed- see, great educational angle. There's another one for the show today on how to do it. You know, some people are okay, but of course for a lot of people we just want to add, um, I might just add for the benefit of listeners who are perhaps newer to our communities, to past name a trans person can be considered often without their consent, very demeaning, denying of their gender, and may put a trans person at risk, which is why unless you have that consent, don't do it and honour the person's sense of identity. Also, for what it's worth, there is research that shows that um, if you um, affirm a person for their sense of name and pronouns and identity, their mental health goes up, which kind of makes sense, doesn't it? If you affirm people, mental health goes up. But it's good to have the research. Um, There's another angle that I wanted to talk about here is I personally overwhelmingly have felt in my journeys, and maybe this is subjective, um, well, this is my personal experience, so I won't say subjective, but I'll use it from the point of lived expertise. I have 99% found the lesbian community be overwhelmingly supportive of trans and gender diverse, and bi for that matter, but we know at times we face, I will say, an element of lesbians who would come across as not supportive of trans, to put it mildly. Um, there's something in this story that appeals to me that it says that sense of intersectionality and respect and community and that counters those, you know, loud but loud um, but minority sort of stereotypes. Um, I'll throw um, either of you who want to pop in first on that, ang- on that angle as well. Yeah, well, it was actually um, incredibly difficult for Jasper when he came out. Um mm as trans because he was such a public uh, figure in the community and so um, and so his transition was discussed very widely and very publicly um, mm. in newspapers and, um, you know, it was a, essentially almost a source of gossip, I guess, in the way that it was mm. treated, which must have been incredibly challenging for him. And he, you know, uh, also received a lot of criticism that, uh, well, he's a man now, so how can you have a man as the editor of a lesbian magazine? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, his view was that, well, I'm still the same person that I was that I was before, in a way, at his core. Um, and uh, you know, he was still he took it in his stride to his credit, and you know, he would respond. Um, uh, in letters to the editor and things like that. And also people in the community would write in their own letters of um, support as letters to the editor as well. So essentially he did step down as his role as um, editor, but it wasn't in response to that sort of pressure. It was just that his focus was different and he had started to build uh, he'd started to build a trans community and started a group Boys Will Be Boys and his focus was... Um, was heading elsewhere. Sensational. <clears throat> you know, look, I think that's that's awesome as well that there was that support. And I, I was thinking, you know, in the late 80s um, in Sydney, we the Gender Centre, I think, had been up and running for six or seven years at that time. But again, that perhaps invisibility, erasure of trans men must have been issued. So I'm glad to hear there was the support. Um, so there's all, all, we'll say, the real lives of the characters um, let's talk about what um, you are both, and your team, I should say, are planning to do um, in relation to all of this. You're planning to make it, um, is I think the term is it a sort of biopic type approach? Um, 
Yeah, so it's going to be like a drama based on the true story um, because uh, we're telling it over um, eight, ten-minute episodes. Um, and so that's obviously this is a very incredible large story. So we are um, shaping it down to fit into that um, period of time. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're looking to go into production on the first two episodes um, mid-next year. Cool. Well, um, you know, that well, it leads to two things. One is the self-indulgent one. Do you need extras? Hello. But <laughs> love to be in it, seriously. Um, but second, um, you know, production doesn't happen by itself. Um, there's um, camera people and sound people to pay and equipment to hire and food for the green room, um, said the person thinking of their stomach. Seriously, <laughs> you need to get funding. And it's really important if people want to get behind this awesome project that they can do so. And the question, of course, is how do they do it? Yeah, certainly. So we are running a um, crowdfunding campaign on the Australian Cultural Fund website at the moment. Um, and we've only got a week to go. Um, we're raising $25,000. Um, and we received um, matched funding where the first $10,000 we raised is matched by Creative Partnerships Australia, which is very exciting. And we also were winners of the Queer Screen Pitching Competition. Oh, and wow. so the first episode it will premiere uh, there next September, which is very exciting. But, yeah, so we're on the last um, week of our campaign and we've got $7,000 to raise and that will um, go towards, the, that will help us uh, make the first two episodes um, and then we'll be able to use those to kind of showcase the series, so that we can get funding for the rest of um, for the rest of the series. Fantastic! Um, I'll make sure that I get the links to that into the promotion of the podcast. Pop them onto Facebook and those sorts of things once again. Um, and um, look, it is it is really exciting um, to just to see this. Um, Project, I now I'm what I call an occasional Kingston myself, and I think that there's also a chance to talk about those issues as well um, and promote the truth about them. I mean, it is. I mean, there's something. There's another one. You know that kink is misunderstood. So many of the proverbial non-kink average citizens, big inverted commas, just think, oh, it's all whips and chains. Well, there's a lot more to it than that, and so it also gives a chance to demonstrate a wide variety of role models um, and sort of behaviours and we'll say positive consensual practices in there um, you know and there's another factor so you um, Oliver as the writer you've got a lot to lot, we've got angles coming out of our angles but it's great <laughs> uh, l- luckily we work it's fantastic to work in a really strong team with um, Lisa and Grant and also um, Kate acting as one of the writers as well mm. Yeah. yeah, it's certainly one of our challenges is to make sure that it's a nuanced um, show and to portray things fairly and accurately, but to have a great um, dramatic storyline. Um, so, yeah, we're certainly doing our best. I look at well. I think you. I think you certainly are. I think there's a lot of thought going into this, and it's a great project. Let's sum it up from the. The history angle of our community, celebrating our our pioneers, our queerineers, um, if we can use that term, um, the which is a great angle in itself. It celebrates diversity. It celebrates love. It celebrates sort of promotes um, various parts of our communities whose stories don't often get told. 
Um, it's a win, 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 as they say. And all I can say is I, <clears throat> you know, wish you just huge success with it. And um, you know, um, you know, it's naturally keep in touch if you if there are more developments, you need a bit more promotion. Um, I actually might ask when specifically the um, the fundraiser closes. Does it go yep, to a... so the fundraiser um, closes on Monday, the 30th of November. Um, and if people uh, want to check us out or watch our pitch video or find out more about the series, if they um, Google the Australian Cultural Fund and then put in Wicked Women um, into, the, um, into the search term. And we're also on... Facebook and Instagram, um, uh, but you need to be careful when you Google wicked women because there's a lot of wicked women on the internet. So you need to Google um, wicked women at wicked women series. Awesomeness. Look, it is just excellent to have you both on the show, Kate and Oliver, and just acknowledging that I don't see any. I'm just so we're transparent. Oliver and I both work for Transgender Victoria as well, um, but obviously I don't think any interest's going on there. And, well, just shows um, the talented writing work that you do, Ola, of course, um, um, acknowledging your work on the Transgender Project, a Transgender Victoria Project we deserve, which um, was very awesome as well as part of a great team. So this is really exciting to have. Yeah, stay in touch. Um, I can give the, because it closes on um, Monday the 30th, I can give um, give another mention next week on the show as well, which is exciting. Kate and Oliver, thanks for your time on a Sunday afternoon. Have a great weekend. And as we were discussing just before we came on air, enjoy those country freedoms that we can keep enjoying more of. And um, I look forward to when we can have a premiere and um, have a, what well, I'm going to call it, we'll have a kink, kink carpet event. <laughs> Love it. Thanks so much, Sally. Thank you. Thanks, Kate and Oliver. Kate and Oliver, um, on talking about the Wicked Women series. As I said, I'll pop links up everywhere on that. Um, really exciting. Here's someone who um, I definitely think um, wouldn't mind being called a wicked woman, um, the Divinals. Rest in peace, Chrissy Amphlett. And, well, it seems appropriate, maybe a casual encounter. 3CR, 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand. Out of the pan with Sally.
state you're in Can't afford to lose, gotta strive to win Just remember nothing stays the same It just depends on how you play the game Again, with Borderlands Cooperative. Join us for critical conversations about things that matter. Every Friday at 10am on 3CR Community Radio. 855am on your dial. And on 3CR Digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au.
So together, let's think again about important matters affecting us, like economics, politics, education, health, climate, and what we can do about it all. I'm Tara Sultana, and you are listening to 3CR. Please subscribe. Do yourselves a massive favour. Thank you very much. Absolutely subscribe and support 3CR Community Radio. Um, and thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan, one of the a show on 3CR that supports pansexual issues, knowing no boundaries of sex or gender. And thanks to Kate and Oliver, there's a... Um, a wonderful project that I, well, couldn't um, fit right in the centre of the pan anymore if it tried. Um, um, When payday hits this Friday, I'll be um, getting on to that one for sure. Um, Yeah, I'd really like to see that. I just, as I say, it was very, just it was like the more the interview went on, it's like, yes, 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 to quote Wendy Stapleton from um, a track by Wendy and the Rockettes, from that um, track is on a compilation, a three CD set called a, Desi- a Decade. I'm going to have to do it in this voice of classic Australian hits. Oh, yeah. Um, and prior to that, we had the Divinals um, Casual Encounter opened up today with Mia Dyson, Roll Me Out. Um, and um, yeah, rest in peace, Chrissy Amplett. Well, um, been, of course, a major week on the trans calendar. Um, with Trans Day of Remembrance on Friday, um, as always, on the 20th of November. And um, really important that we do stop and reflect on it um, this year um, because um, we, you know, it's been um, obviously challenging times for trans and gender diverse people um, over the last few years, um, particularly um, with um, you know the Trump administration winding back protections, blatant transphobia, and you know trans people not being able to serve in the military just for being trans, no other excuse, um, you know that sort of thing, and it's a challenging day in a way because and as someone said to me years ago, wow, well, you know, and this was before Trans Day of Visibility, which happens in March, sort of um, got more prominence. They said, wow, well, you focus on something that is negative, well. That is true, but it has to be remembered. I mean, I'm someone of Jewish background. We have Holocaust or World Holocaust Day to remind us of that. Not because we want to be trapped in it, because we need to make sure that we keep moving forward. And that's and when we hold that place and you know balance things out, it can be done. Um, and you know, I think we feel it a lot in our communities. Um, you know, whilst of course. We know there are far more trans people than those we meet, say, in support type of groups, for example. We know there's lots of people out there, um, but where are they all? And I think that when we lose people, particularly in tough ways in our community, it can be challenging. Um, And, of course, acknowledging that, and this was proven in the, and this actually, um, this is one where I will give a content warning because we do have to talk a little outright about the fact that trans people um, face huge difficulties, so content warning for transphobic murders. Um, if you want to just um, you know move away for a second, do. But we did lose um, too many people this year, three hundred and fifty, and they're people with lives, people who you know with families of origin, family of choice, friends, community, not there anymore. And we do need to acknowledge they're not there um, with us <clears throat> where they needed to be. 
And of course, there's often multiple factors um, of intersectionality which are treated negatively, such as being a sex worker, which um, you know, not, um, or being homeless, being a refugee, many others, um, um, lower income, all those things, and or um, any form of marginalisation equally invalid. And the critical thing that I feel is that negativity, whether you call it discrimination, marginalisation, hate, violence or anything else, doesn't just happen out of nowhere. It comes from this dangerous and false belief that some people think they have a right to marginalise others in the first place. Well, no, you don't. You don't gave, You don't have that freedom. You don't have that right. And this is where I feel these individual freedom type debates can be very, very misused that people think they can do whatever they want. We don't have a right to marginalise trans and gender diverse people. No one has a right to marginalise anyone, um, certainly not for them being in a certain group and just being, or whether, whether that's the group or the individual. And I think we need to challenge that um, and really start uprooting that falsehood. It's good that Joe Biden in America has promised to look at things like trans homelessness and other factors and very quickly reverse the anti-trans attitudes of his predecessor, whom we don't name on this show. Um, but, you know, we need to sort of, you know, also look at causes as well as symptoms, I think is critical. But I think, you know, someone said something to me a few years back now, um, somewhere in the um, early 2010s, with all we go through, it's a miracles where some of us, any of us even survive at all. Well, how can we do, because we are unique, we're special, creative, we're awesome, um, that we find ways, we do break through. And it often leaves me wondering if trans and gender diverse people were truly valued and celebrated, um, or at least even treated on our merits, how much better the whole world would be, not just our own community. And I think we really need to remember that and to stand firm. Um, so really, really important that we do all of that. And I want to give a bit of a, a thank you, um, no, no plug, but credit where it is due, um, on my three morning general news bulletins, one of them is the Squiz, and they have at the, the end of their bulletin each day, and on Friday, of course, covering weekends as well, um, birthdays, anniversaries, days to note, and they mentioned Trans Day of Remembrance, so I um, really want to thank them for that. Um, very, very well covered. And there hasn't been a lot of mainstream, um, large-scale media coverage. There was some good coverage in the Ballarat Courier, two or three articles there, um, the fabulous Lance TV, if we're talking community media, um, you know, sort of gave a, gave some coverage as well. And um, with the fabulous Sally Conning, Miss Shepherd, many others should be able to catch that on Lance TV's channel on Facebook. Um, so yeah, we need that coverage and also to celebrate. And of course, it has been harder to connect and cover up. Um, sorry, um, counterbalance, I should say, some of the negativities this year because, of course, with so many of us in various lockdowns. Also, just wanted to mention about Wendy Stapleton as well as her um, first couple of bands, the Wendy Stapleton band, Wendy and the Rockets. She went on to do many other things, um, appear in musical theatre, um, a tribute show to the Supremes. Um, she also was in a Dusty Springfield tribute show um, and in the 90s and currently hosts Rock Down, spelt W-R-O-K down, a weekly TV music interview on Channel 31, or at least that's what Wikipedia tells me. So a big hi to all our um, fabulous community media cousins over on the visual uh, medium. I've always remember, this is a face for radio, um, on Channel 31 slash 44, and great to see them rolling on, and we wish, wish more of that. 
Um, so, yep, um, two great women there. Well, without wanting to be a little too downcast, but um, I did notice today is a sad anniversary for this classic Aussie rock fan. Um, on this day in 1997, we lost Michael Hutchins of In Excess, um, one of the great Australian rock stars, in my opinion, had an ability to branch across sort of rock and, you know, it's not quite pop, but managed to get people in in so many ways, a great band. And so I felt like I had to play an In Excess track today in honour of Michael and, well, um, listen to our history um, in terms of the Wicked Women series, um, listen carefully to debates about prejudice, dare I say, listen like thieves. 3CR, 855am, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally. There's no time 
you know, there's people, like you said, have been on casual for seven years. Well, it's supposed to be casual employment. People want full-time jobs. They don't want to be sitting there casual, not knowing they're going to get any any days, any leave or what's, whatsoever. Especially, you look at all the casuals in the, our industry at the moment, they're sitting home. You know, people want full-time employment and they, sh- they should be entitled to That's full-time right. employment. And look at all the people who were used and abused as casuals in the aged care sector and all the problems that are facing people now and all the deaths that are following. And the meatworks, a lot of that's casuals, labour hire, you know, we've got blokes travelling around, you know. We want full-time positions and, you know, that's... And people want it. We want to be full-time employed. You want to have your Christmas holidays. You want to have time with your family. But when you're a casual, you get none of that. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio 855 AM on digital and online. 3CR Radical Radio. is a community radio licence holder. What you hear on community radio is governed by the Community Radio Codes of Practice. The Codes of Practice cover matters relating to program content, including local content, news, current affairs, Australian music, programs for children and the responsibilities associated with broadcasting by and for the community. They also cover aspects such as community access and participation in the operation of this station. Copies of the code are available from the 3CR website. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash who we are. That is us, 3CR 855am, 3CR digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally is the program you're currently being a broadcast, noon to one every Sunday afternoon. Thank you for your company. Just about at the end of the program, um, a few minutes left, um, and well, um, things what are coming up, um, things are getting out there again. Um, keep I'll keep you informed on when things are meeting. We are due this, um, I can happily say, trying to arrange um, a meeting of trans family, um, said the um, committee member of Trans Family for next Saturday afternoon outdoors, and um, yours truly is just going to be bold and look at the weather forecast. But I think it's looking all right. Um, let's have a look. Twenty three and partly cloudy. That's about perfect. Yes. See the put the queers in charge of the weather, or we can even make Melbourne's weather work perfectly. Twenty three partly cloudy next Saturday. So check out the new website um, for Trans Family. Transfamily dot If you are a family member of a trans or gender diverse person, or I should say a loved one, including a family member, I must get that right. Um, and um, come along, and if you, you know, look, um, in a utopian world, you know, it'd all be smoothly happening, but can be. I often say, you know, it can be a left field thing when your family member comes out. It's you know, you can read about it in the papers, you can listen to this program, all those sorts of things. But you know, it's still your journey as a family member. And there needs to be a space for that. So hopefully we'll be outdoors. Um, obviously bring your own food and drink um, and masks if we still need those, although I haven't quite caught up on the announcements today. I may not need those anymore either, but obviously you'll need to take them if we do go indoors. But very, very um, um, good to have that one back. Um, also, um, the by Discussion Group, I need to mention, is back this Tuesday. It's now still online at this stage. Um, check out By Alliance's Facebook page for details. So gradually, things returning. Um, very, very welcome. And also, once again, that progress 
is beginning to look likely on a vaccine. Very quickly, next week, I'll be chatting with um, Kath, um, her, um, with Kathy for about Project the um, Revivian, which is exciting as well. Lots of great stuff happening in our communities. Um, so there's one to look forward to. And, yeah, we're nearly after next week. We're in December. Um, I think we've got to say this year, just bring it. I think it's 40 days to go and counting for this year. We've got through, or most large number of us in Australia have 800 people. We must acknowledge didn't. But the thing is, we are here, you know, in one, you know, somehow together and we are regrouping, which is pretty awesome. We'll take it out today um, once again with a track from the Midnight Oil um, album, um, um, the Macarata Project, I beg your pardon, and here's a track um, called Wind in My Head. Thanks for tuning into Out of the Pan. Thanks once again to Kate and Oliver from the Wicked Women series for guesting on the show. I'm Sally Goldner. Catch you next week. Ya, 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 ya,
Moraya Payango Ganyelpe, Yoro Capilla, Mora Moro Bartara, Alanjara, Kakara, Old Parada, Willara, Colinjara, Yenapai, Aladilaga, Yenama, Colinjara. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.